You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Prue. So are you ready to start this or like what, what's going on? Oh, I, am I starting? Well, it's your party. Remember, it's the one that I couldn't get to. And I'll cry if I want to. Yeah, that sounds about right. All righty, my friend. Uh, hi, Andre. Hey, Michael. It's, uh, it's a Friday afternoon. Yes, it's an unusual. Really lovely outside. Yes, it is. And and we are clearing out the poop decks, as they say. <laughs> it's actually kind of funny when we sat down and we took a look. Like we've been when we decided to make this a weekly podcast, we um, uh, sort of went gangbusters with uh, collecting content. So we may have ended up with a bit of a surplus, and now it's time to release all this wonderful content for everyone to hear. Yeah. So yeah, on the next. I don't, I don't even know when this one's coming out, but it, it'll be coming out and uh, soon, hopefully. Okay. Uh, and uh, this is, uh, yeah, this was the party I went to that was not available to you because it's during the day. Yes. And it was at Mad Crush. Okay. You know where Mad Crush is? Yes, it's on College Street. Uh, I'm it a, is. I'm a fan of that place. I know the Som- sommelier Jules Garten fairly well. He was the guy who started um, Crush Wine Bar, wasn't he? Yes. No. So we've got a new place called Mad Crush. Okay. It was a nice looking place. Cool. Nice little upstairs. Yep. Nice little downstairs. And uh, the STEM Wine Group invited a bunch of people in. Turns out that I think I was the only writer there. Well, there you go. So uh, I don't know what that means. And uh, I I sat down for about 10 minutes with Pierre Filippo Abruzzis. I can't make fun of you for your Italian accent because I certainly don't speak Italian. Because he's he's the son of the owner of Valdicaba. Well, there you go. And Valdicaba, now that's that's a pretty historical name in uh, in the Brunello region of Tuscany. And uh, I was excited to speak to the guy. And um, yeah, so this is what You're... it sounded like. So we uh, we don't have a lot of time. Very good. So we're gonna we're gonna jump right into this. Uh, I'm Michael Pincus, and I'm I'm here with. Um, Pierre Filippo, you're going to have to say it again. Abruzzese. That's Pierre what I'm Filippo looking Abruzzese. for. Okay, so we're, we're talking today. Um, and where are you from, well, first of all? Tuscany, easy. Montalcino okay. in Siena. Very, okay. very small place, but famous for quite good wines. Quite good wines. And some of the best are from? Valdicava. There hopefully. you go. That's where we are. And that's uh, that's your third generation Valdicava. So I thought probably the best thing to do is uh, talk about uh, Montalcino, Brunello, and Valdicava's place within that whole sphere uh, of influence uh, that we know yes. as Tuscany. So let's start there. Tell us about Montalcino. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah. Montalcino is a very, very um, small village, let's say, in the middle of Tuscany. It's right south of Siena, and it's always been famous uh, since Roman history, probably for wine production. But back in those days, it was mostly for quant- uh, bad quality wines. I mean, quantity, something made for energy, for people in the countryside, for them to be able to work so hard and so much outside. And uh, for very long, very long time, that has been the case. And a few pioneers starting probably about 200 years ago to look for quality. And uh, in Montalcino, Biondi Santi was one of the first that really looked to make something special something unique using, using only one grape variety, which is Sangiovese, what uh, it's Brunello made from. And so in 1888, he was the first one that vinified Brunello, uh, Sangiovese on its own, uh, making the start of what was this great, great appellation, which is Brunello. 
and for a very very long time he was on his own all the other guys were looking at him a bit like a madman a person who would see some look for something more uh, intense uh, less easy to enjoy less more profound but that was also recognized as very very good all over the world and then after the economical boom we started making some money in italy people starting to have some uh, money to spend and so they started looking for quality in their food and in their wine as well and 25 families uh, amongst them which we, there was my great-grandfather bramante uh, they started what they wanted to make their wine as well not only to be uh, all of them used to sell the grapes to Biondi Santi, but now they wanted to do something on his on their own. And Biondi Santi, Tancredi at the time was so smart that he helped them. Instead of saying no, he let them work with this winemaker, uh, which was Giulio Gambelli. And so altogether in 1967, they founded the Consorzio del Brunello, which is the association that now guarantees that all the uh, standards are respected that the quality is there and that overall production is under control to be to be good and so it's quite young because we have been making wine for 50 years but again Vallicava it's been one of the found, founding members and so we have one of the points of reference hopefully today for some never having changed our philosophy never having changed our style never having changed our approach to the wine which is of no compromise but quality uh, as well as much as possible to produce something special and unique not only very good but also very linked to the place it's from so for those who have never tried brunello which i, I it blows my mind that somebody has never tried a brunello but there are out we there who never yeah, we will forgive them um tell people what what brunello what's what's specific about brunello wines i think for me, at least, it's the connection that we have with quality and identity. They are not only wines that are extremely enjoyable, extremely rich and elegant, profound, balanced. There is fruit, there is minerality, there is velvet, there is finesse, but are also very, very linked to the place they are from. There are some certain characters, certain uh, levels of disbalance, which is there that just can't be replicated anywhere else in the world. There are some other wines made from 100% Sangiovese, so technically the same stuff, but they are, in Montalcino there is something more. There is something unique that honestly, I wouldn't even know how to describe it perfectly, but if you try the wines are definitely there. And the idea is that we were 25 in 1967, now we have 250 Brunello producers in the very same area but all of them are great, great Brunellos, meaning that there would be some differences from producer to producer, but they will all be recognizable as wines from Montalcino, as wines made from Sangiovese in that very place. So Val di Cava, you start with the original in, in 67? No. My great-grandfather was born, was born there in the 20s, so, and his family has been working for the aristocratic owners that own the land uh, for a very, very long time. And then after the Second World War, he was able to make some money as well. And in 1953, he purchased the property. And he was one of the first that gave more importance to the place than to the family. That's why our estate is called Vallicava, like the location it's from, and not, not like la our last, last uh, name. And even if his main business was with stock, with cows, he really believed in wine, he really believed in making something unique, 
he always gave our grapes to Biondi Santi to make this uh, special wine and in 1967 he was the one one of the 25 men founders of Consorzio del Brunello so he had planted his grapes and when do the grapes date back to uh, which which as like I said uh, till the Romans probably okay. there has always been grapes uh, there not not the same of course but they've been planted and replanted for very very long time let's say that um, around the 70s probably when we have a bit when we started releasing the wine so we started to have some money that's where the oldest grapes that are still there were planted so probably about 60 uh, 56 years ago and then we have also some younger generation that was planted by my dad that are about 20 years old so in Vallicava uh, pretty much these two two generations of vineyards so we have your grandfather we have your father and now you so now you're into the wine business <laughs> yes yes that's very yes, italian yes yes i'd say so so what made you want to get into the wine business uh, it's always made in my blood i mean legend says that i first tried the wine when i was seven days old as soon as i got back from the hospital my father dipped his finger in and let me try the wine so it's always been part of my life and uh, even if i've never been pushed i've always been around with him during promotions, during events, during testing. So it's something I'm very, I'm very familiar with. And recently, about a year ago, I started to, that I decided that this was my, why my life. It was something I really believed in and I really want to take my energy and commitment to. And so that's when I officially, let's say, started working full time in the winery. And now you're doing a lot of traveling, you're coming to Canada. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, luckily, so luckily, uh, for some reason, my dad is letting me travel a bit more, but I'm not complaining at all, so I'm more than happy to no. be around. And hopefully, I will. I've never been to Canada before, but I'm loving it so far, so I hope I'll be back soon and often. It's a, it's a great <laughs> place. So the great variety you mentioned is Sangiovese, and then sometimes um, you talk about Sangiovese Grosso. Mm -hmm. Same grape, or are we talking a different variety? Just to make it more complicated, it's the same variety, but the name changed. So historically, it's, it used to come from Sangiovese Grosso, and Grosso means big, and that's how the grapes were when we first started 50 years ago. But now we are looking for quality even more and more, and so we were able to work in very, very hard in the vineyard to train the grapes to produce less quantity and smaller berries as well. Smaller berries means that you have more skin in relation to the volume, and so that you have more character, more complexity, more possibility of aging, more tannins, uh, more color, but being this achieved naturally, there is still elegance and velvet and finesse and link to the place where these are from. So nowadays, again, to make just a bit more complicated, when Sangiovese is grown in Montalcino, it becomes Brunello as a variety. So is there such a thing as like Sangiovese Poco? No, no, we just changed the name of it. Uh, could, could have been, would have been a good one, but we prefer to call it Brunello, so it was easier to remember. So you make make a number of wines. You make uh, a Rosso, mm -hmm. uh, you make uh, the, Brun the Brunello, Brunello and, and you make something that is what was unique at the time. Yes, no, it's, it's I hope, still unique now. No, it's still it's unique, the, but I mean, when you first started, you were the first to do we, this. We have, uh, let's say, three expressions of the same wine, let's say. It's all Sangiovese, it's all made from the same people in the same way. The Brunello is what Sangiovese can be in this little valley where we are, in this little blessed place. Then we have the Rosso, which is a bit of a younger, fresher expression of the same variety. And then there is our single vineyard, which is the Madonna del Piano. And it's a vineyard in the heart of our property that it's, uh, has some unique character. 
unique link to the place, unique balance between aroma and power, between uh, minerality and fruit. A bit more animal as well sometimes, but very, very, very enjoyable and very, very good. And so we, when these conditions are there, we bottle this vineyard on this own and we call it Madonna del Fiano. And uh, it was the first single vineyard ever made in Montalcino in 1977. And we have keep doing that only when the season is perfect and when the, these conditions, this character are there. So we did it again in 1985, then 88, then 19, then 1993, 94, 95, 97, 98, 99, and so on a bit more often. But all, when you see a bottle of Valdicava, it's easy because we guarantee that the quality is there and we guarantee that we are more than proud of the wines that are in the bottle. So we tasted a few uh, b before we started uh, before we started taping. The Rosso, uh, the 14, is absolutely delicious, eh, bono, eh? Ju juicy, food-friendly, great acidity. Uh, we tried some of the Brunellos. I, I, I thought the 2010 was an absolute beauty with lots and lots of fruit. Bene, bene, meno male. 2010 is something we are really, really, really proud of. It was a probably a new step in the evolution of Brunello, a new idea of uh, enjoy of yes aging capabilities but of enjoyability as well it's something that can really stand the time that something that you can also enjoy right now and it was our first first time in Montalcino that something like that happened probably and, I, and you could really tell that you could really tell that it could you could lie it down it's got 20 years to go but I mean you could sit there pour it into a nice big glass and just oh, enjoy yes. it oh, yes. in yes. front of the fire and really have a, a really nice time with that yeah, bottle yeah. of wine and some friends so that brings me to the single vineyard, which is the uh, Piano del Mignon, uh, Madonna del Piano. Madonna del Piano. Now, the 2004 that we tried mm -hmm. was delicious. Grazie. Thank you. But I have in front of me uh, uh, just a glass of the 1998. Can you think back that far, or do, did you read the notes for that wine when, when, um, when you were told this is the wine we're going to pour at a tasting? Or were you just as surprised when you tried it? Well, I'm always surprised to see how still they are vibrant and alive and fresh. Uh, these wines from the 90s, I think, are a great example of the evolution of Brunello. For a very, very long time, it's always been regarded as something of great quality. But uh, when it first was born, it was something a bit hard to enjoy, a bit hard to appreciate from the start. There were wines that really need some time to open up and be fully enjoyable and uh, appreciable. In the 90s, you have a first step further with wines of great elegance, great velvet, great link to the place, but also very, very smooth and enjoyable as well. And I think that there is 1998 we had today. It's a great, great example of a wine from that period. Not, it wasn't uh, the best season ever, but Vallicava being so experienced, so, uh, we have worked for 50 years in the countryside, so now we know how to counteract to this uh, non-perfect season. So even if the vintage is a bit harder, we are still able to make a great, great wine. And again, be sure that when you see a bottle of Valdicava, means that we are absolutely proud of what's inside the wine. Well, I appreciate your time, Pierre Filippo. I, I mean, you don't have a lot, as I said, you didn't have a lot of time. You have um, you have a dinner this evening. I understand with the with the maple leaves. Apparently, apparently. Yeah. So uh, if <laughs> you think about, that, about we're we are doing this interview in Toronto. So if you'll think about it, imagine that you're having dinner with your favorite soccer team. Oh, that yes. is what yes, uh, that's yes, what it's yes. going to mean to uh, Torontonians. <laughs> so uh, I appreciate your time today. Grazie thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me here. Excellent. Grazie. Thank you, Andre. The guy was fun to talk to. Yep. It sounds like it. it sounds like and, you had a good time. And. He, 
I, I had limited time. And I remember you texted me and you said, no, I definitely can't make this one because I think you were you may have been able to make it. Uh, and I said, well, then I guess you and I are on our own there, Pierre Filippo. And because he was going to have dinner with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yes, I do remember that as well. Or at least the Maple Leaf brass. Uh, the team wasn't there. It was going to be like Brendan Shanahan and, and those guys. It is great, though, that he did make the time to speak to us. And we really appreciate that. Yeah. So uh, thank you very much, Pierre Filippo. Uh, sorry, I, I mangled your last name. And your first but, name uh, and the name of your winery and essentially was an insult to the language of his country. No, no, I got Baldicaba right. Okay, well, that's fine. But uh, I, the last name is, yeah, not so good. All right, well, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Uh, you can refer a friend, tell people to listen to it. And uh, you can follow my stuff uh, at AndreWineReview.ca and at AndreWineReview on all social media. I can see you're just trying to you're on a rush this one through. You got to get it out there. Well, I'm uh, Michael Pinkus of MichaelPinkusWineReview.com. Uh, you can follow me at the Grape Guy on most social media, uh, but uh, on Facebook I am just Michael Pinkus. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Andre. Yeah. Good night. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes.